What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Cocoons of Horror, the podcast where we review classic horror films and other pulp fiction. Today we take a look at the movie Barbarian. Just when you thought it was safe to rent an Airbnb, Barbarian delivers twists and turns that suggest you're better off with a hotel room, or at least avoiding Detroit altogether. With me, as always, is Dr. Anthony Ladon. Steve, do you like being scared when you watch movies? Uh, I don't mind it. Do you seek it? Is that a something you're chasing? Um, on occasion, sure, right? I mean, like, like I like going on a roller coaster, but it's not like I take one to work every day. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, let me ask a different question. Do you like like genuine moments of humor in your horror movies? I do. I do. Okay. All right, because I felt like. Barbarian had both, for me anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my sense of this movie is it has a lot of psycho DNA in it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I'm not that well-versed with contemporary horror. I don't see a lot of it. Um, like like we've discussed before, I haven't seen a lot of horror in general. And I think that in the, in the last few years, I've kind of like, gotten up to speed with some of the classics which is kind of is the conceit of this podcast right sure um i really enjoyed this movie i really enjoyed but being both scared and surprised and 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 i thought there was legit humor uh and used pretty effectively how about you yeah i i think so um I was, uh, it's, it's this movie came to me very, um, hyped up, like very, like a lot of people I really respect. <laughs> and I, well, I was, I'm a culprit when it comes to Yeah. lauded this, uh, you know, and, and so, so for you, you know, I took it as, okay. So Anthony's, um, Anthony, this is, might be my, my favorite horror movie. And, uh, and I know that that means it's like of the four or whatever you're familiar with, like this is, uh, <laughs> Yeah, this right. is tops, right? It's uh, but no, I mean Hellraiser. Because <laughs> I know that you're. Uh, I mean, I know that you're, you're like you're you're expanding, you're appreciating your uh-huh, your. Uh-huh. So you're fine, and so it's kind of fun because you're finding your way. Like what what kind of horror does Anthony like? Mm-hmm. Which is something because I don't think Anthony ever liked horror before, or didn't think that it was a worthy genre to explore. Sure. sure. Um, and then, but I had you know my son who who really loves uh, horror films uh, said, "Oh, this movie's a trip." And uh, and he really recommended it. And then another friend of mine who's a, a horror fan said it might be his favorite horror movie. So I was like, all right, let's maybe, go. Maybe you were too built up for it. So I think it was too built up. So what I was, I think what I was building myself up for was like, this is going to be scary. Uh-huh. And I found it to be uh, frightening at times. Uh, so I think what ended up happening is that I'm looking at this going like, I wasn't all that scared. 
I was surprised a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, so then I'm like, well, wait, now my, cause like I was prepping for one thing. And so then it kind of made it harder for me to enjoy the uh, movie as a whole. I think the movie itself was, was fun. And I think it was very well done. Um, and so I think it falls for me, maybe a little bit more in the cabin in the woods category of sure. like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not terrified, but I'm certainly entertained. And I love that, that this is happening with horror, uh, that, so uh, that's interesting that you're saying that because I think that if you were going to talk to me at any other point in my life, I would have said, I do not like being scared by movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I like it when a movie sufficiently will weird me out. Um, I, I do like watching a good thriller, which involves, you know, that kind of emotionality. And uh, I, I don't, but I, I don't chase it. I don't chase the, the feeling of horror in a film. And it could be that, that that's why this movie maybe scratches my itch a little bit. Because I, I feel like it is trying to horrify me, but it's a little bit, I shouldn't say understated. I mean... <laughs> there, there, there yeah, it's not, not super, not super subtle. <laughs> Parts of this movie that are absolutely not subtle at all. But I do feel like this movie was just the right amount of scared for me to enjoy it. Gotcha. And I think, you know, maybe I'm a little bit of a a novice when it comes to these things. You know, it could be that if I had, if I've seen a lot of other contemporary horror, I would I would have a much different view of this. But I've I've seen this reviewed pretty well by people who are horror aficionados. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely, and I, and and so I'm not. I, I mean, I just I I think I was preparing to be because the way it was described to me, like I think there was so much intent to not like spoil anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's almost it's almost hard to if you go if you say anything about and we're gonna spoil this. So if you haven't seen it, by all means, uh, pause. Yeah, sh- shut it off now. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think if you say, "Oh yeah, there's a, there's kind of a haunted Airbnb," it takes that first <laughs> sequence where where the two people are like kind of like together in the play, like because you yeah, you assume Tess and Keith, you, you think the, yeah, you assume you, Keith is yes. going to be you assume Keith is going to be the source of of the horror. In fact, and the movie does a movie does a really interesting job of like telling you that. And then untelling you that, and I think that was a really clever thing that because a part of me was like, I I know like I'm like I know that Keith is a problem because the movie keeps giving me all the clues that he's a problem because of all the music and how like they're yeah. going out of their way and then like but it it got me it did trick me because because I'm like well maybe I'm watching not a very well crafted horror film like I like the like typically a horror film would be like a well done one lures you in. And then the horror is revealed. Whereas this one is like the music is already sinister. There's already so it's like it, it is it it plays on the idea that you know this is a horror film, and and like the, you think you're being introduced to the horror right away. So you're like, I can't believe you're staying with this guy. This guy, I mean, like ah, you know. So like, I started getting kind of frustrated with her decisions to stay with with Keith. And then when it unravels, like that was it was really I thought that was really clever. Because uh, I didn't see it coming, yeah. And also, and then I give the movie, and then the movie gets immediate credit for me, right? Like it starts off where I'm like, ah, I feel like you're laying it on a little thick. Okay, yeah, we get it. What's he gonna do? How is he involved? And there's like, oh, he's not. <laughs> Just... Well, all right, let's talk about the first 
uh, what is it? The first fifteen minutes of the movie with Heath, right? So it, yeah, it's like fifteen twenty. I think it's like it's it's a bit. It's a bit, and so you think it's gonna be him, right? And so the music's telling you that he's a problem, but it also could be telling you that the house is a problem, right? In right. Respect. But that's not how you're reading it. You're reading that. Look, this is an Airbnb. It, it it's devoid of life. Like you walk in the Airbnb, it looks like like someone has decorated it just enough so someone could live there for two days, right? Mm-hmm. It, right. It is authentically soulless this place. So you're not suspecting that this is like haunted house business, and so Keith has got to be the issue, right? Keith. It feels like he. This whole thing is set up by Keith. He like yeah. we're like you start putting. You're starting to do the 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 mental gymnastics at this point, right? Like yeah. okay, so he he knows Tess. Like he's stalking uh-huh. Tess, or like he's, this is something got, he knows that she was gonna be here. So he's contrived this situation where she's kind of out of options and she's going to have to stay in the house with him, right? So, right. And I do think that, okay, so the music's telling you that Keith is a problem, but everything and on the Keith surface. Keith is telling, Keith kind of tell like he has his rambling, his, uh-huh. his over explanation <laughs> about how he's, yeah, he but... did not get the, like, do anything to the T. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> He yeah. goes and gets he goes and gets her stuff from the car. So you're like, oh well, he just cut the starter, you know, like all those things, uh-huh. right? Like uh-huh. it's all there. Yeah, and but it's... you could, I mean, yes, it's all there if you interpret it that way. But another way to interpret that is he's going, he's kind of tripping over himself to show that he's not a threat. Right. Right. Oh yeah. And I don't know if he is or I mean, one interpretation of this movie is that. Every man is a threat, either by giving you bad advice or helping you in the wrong way or being an actual, you know, serial killer or whatever. Well, and I mean, also that, what, that's what, one way yeah. to read it. Right. And and the kind of the beauty of it is um, Keith is unresolved. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So so know. we don't know. Like we 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 know that Keith wasn't the reason the house was a problem, but yeah. we don't know. For sure, that Keith yeah. wasn't because he was he was fairly misogynistic. He could have been absolutely a problem, right? You know, yeah, because he was very much like you know condescending language, pretty uh-huh. girl, you know, and like very much like this sort of pouring on the chivalry. Uh-huh. Um, and then he sort of discounts her by, and then he's like, "I'll go down there." And like, so so there's just it's an interesting way that it that it complicates Keith because mm-hmm. you let Keith off the hook once he gets his brains bashed in. <laughs> But you're also like, well, we don't know. A little bit of sympathy for him. (laughs) Right, because that's a rough way to go. (laughs) So that brings me to the next part of this. So I was was spoiled about Keith. So I guess I knew going in, he's going to be the first kill. Oh, is that right? And I knew it was going to be a giant naked woman that did it. Oh, you knew this? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> How do you know this? <laughs> I heard it spoiled on a podcast. Ah, uh, so, so I. But wait, that... did you listen to this podcast already? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm freaking out. So, I think that that kind of like, well, clearly that intrigued me enough to want to go see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Giant naked woman bashes in Bill Skarsgård's head. Sign oh, me I'm up. What, yeah. do, do I just search those words? Is there another way to? <laughs> Could I just watch that scene over and over? So, <laughs> so, 
but finally my drawings have come to life <laughs> but it it did i mean it worked it worked on me anyway first time i watched it, i've watched it twice now first time i watched it i was watching a lot of it with like on mute you know i would pause oh, really? it every now and again yeah no I, I i'm you know like i said i'm a novice when it comes to these things and if i have control over the movie which i wouldn't have in a theater and I, I like to have control of my own emotions. I'll absolutely mute it if I need to mute it, you know. So that that's how I was still, even though I knew that was coming, I was like, oh, geez. Turn, turn off the sound. The sound's too much, you know. So. <laughs> so do you enjoy social commentary in your horror movies? Yeah, I, I, I tend to. Because um, there's the no issue... way that this isn't a social commentary. Right. And the issue, one of the issues I think that you run into too, though, with because horror oftentimes wants to make commentary and a lot of times it's sort of mishandled. Just, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the nature of the genre. I don't know if it's what happens during editing. I don't know if a studio gets its hands on something. Like sometimes when you deal with, especially like older horror that may be B grade movie type horror, um, they're about as nuanced with the story or the gore as they are maybe with the message they're trying to send. So it sort of feels yeah. a little, a little ham fisted or, or, or over explained or something yeah, along those it's, lines. It's, yes. It's, it's right on the surface. And if you didn't catch it the first time, they're going to absolutely make sure you understand. Right. You know, this is a commentary on that. I mean, this, in this, this was a very clear, this is a very clear interpretation of me too it seems to me right i mean so much so that you actually have one of the characters in a situation of his own making right right and yet i don't feel like i was hit over the head with it D does that make sense yeah i mean so it's it's it really is a movie of this time right i mean like it, the idea of an airbnb it, it caused like me to have a discussion, you know, with Heather afterwards talking about our Airbnb experience. I remember the first time I I did it and I was by myself up in like Seattle. And I'm like, uh -huh. and I remember when the uh, owner came down, cause it's a basement, it was a basement, had my own access. Um, and I remember he came down like the last day just to introduce himself and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I was not at ease. Right. And I'm like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> You know, and I'm and he's standing at the entryway, the only way out of this place. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, as an introvert, everybody's a weirdo and a potential killer anyway. <laughs> and so here's this guy, this stranger that's just there is just like, thanks for staying in my basement. Like when those words start, you know, coming out, you're like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> so, like, there's an interesting element of like she makes this decision to stay yeah. with this guy. And it's like, it's easy to be like, this is ridiculous. No one would do that. But at the same time, you're like, well, you kind of are though, because in many ways, some of these Airbnbs, like you're mm -hmm. in the same house, right? Like there's a stranger on the other side of that wall. That's right. So I think that there's something about that, that created a uh, sort of a jaws ocean for the, for today. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's, it, it sort of creates this like, huh. And I really loved, uh, you know, and obviously it's it's Detroit, and it's like you're like, well, that's a really bad part of Detroit. And I'm like, mm -hmm. mm, it's Detroit. Uh, <laughs> take your pick. Um, and so, so I think that that adds that. So, and then you add that. You again, you add this Me Too element, and what what I liked about it too is that it like it it also sort of was like, hey, is this guy 
wrongly accused. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was to me that was the most jarring thing of the movie. It wasn't like the any of the horror stuff. It was the okay. So Scarsgard gets his head bashed in, and immediately, you know, you're you're on the PCH, mm-hmm. tops down, the music's going, and AJ is just having the time of his life in California. And you're like, what am I watching? <laughs> you know, it's, this is a. It, it, that was a really effective. There's a couple cuts like that in this movie that are really effective. And then it almost like it's almost like you get to experience the horror and the, and the introduction to the horror tw- twice, right? And the first right. time, you know, you care about the people that are going to get their heads bashed in. And the second time, you're kind of hoping that the guy gets his head bashed. Right, right. Isn't that interesting? And 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 to me, that was the funniest part of the movie is is him him just (laughs) totally forgetting that there might be a squatter down there and getting out the measuring tape and it just goes on way too long. Oh, I know. (laughs) He's Googling, like, can can you include extra square footage in the basement and list it as the property square footage? Just, just there's a there's a camera, there's bloody handprints, there's all of this. I mean, it's like it's a really he even like at one point like sits on the the mattress and he's like yuck, you know? Yeah, exactly. It was just just like well, this is what happens, I guess. So like yeah, it, it really showed a certain out of out of touch quality, and it's like there's feels like there might be a, a touch of uh, I think commentary. This guy is not self-aware at all, right? Right, and and you know maybe there's this show business mentality. There's there's a narcissist uh, here, like he can't see anything else around him, um, which makes him like the ideal, like a, a new type of victim, right? And at the same time, it's like okay, this is a bad guy, like a real life bad guy it yeah. appears, yeah, yeah, and and so you're so you're not rooting for him, but at the same time, it's like there's another math there's another sense of horror that you're like well i can't really root for that either right (laughs) (laughs) and what i did like was that the timeline because like you don't when when the movie when a horror movie typically does a a shift to a a new like Mm -hmm. almost feels like a a new vignette or something Mm -hmm. um you feel like it almost feels like oh this is like an anthology like now it's gonna be a different time who knows how much time has passed yeah maybe this was before but it picks up right after right um mm-hmm. like immediately after essentially and and that was so that was kind of surprising just because you, you, there's a lot of things you expect from a horror movie and this does a little and then it when it does another jump back in time you're then it, you're like now you feel like okay i don't know what you're trying to tell me or or how you're going to tell me so i'm just going to i'm yeah. going to stop trying to think about it right like cuz i feel like you like a horror does lend itself maybe a little more than anything else to try to piece things together because i think you're trying to avoid a certain level of like I don't get I don't get freaked out again. Uh-huh. So if I at least try to if I try to deconstruct this, then it won't it won't freak me out as much. So I mentioned earlier I thought that there was some psycho DNA in this movie. So I just want to call out a couple parallels here. So first things first, you've got the traveler on the road, you know, that needs needs a room to stay in thing that's happening. And so instead of the Bates Motel, you've got an right. Airbnb, of course, because it's a modern story. And then I'm, you know, it's very, you know, there is a mother in both stories. And, and uh, 
in both stories, it's like, is the mother the problem? Or is the mother the the result of the problem? So you right. get that happening in both stories. In addition to that, if you remember Psycho, there's this early plot line that you're following about this big big bundle of cash. And the, and the, the guy wraps it in a newspaper. And he's on the run. He, he he's got the, he's got the cash, and he's leaving town with it. And so you're following the cash, and the camera's like, like the camera wants to follow the cash too. And then once you're in the Bates Motel, the cash just gets tossed out the window. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you you're disoriented as a viewer. You're like, I thought that the cash was the MacGuffin here. I, yeah, what, yeah. What's going on? And so now you're thinking, well, the, that, the thing that I thought was the center of the plot is no longer the center of the plot. I think that that's kind of what they do with Keith. It's like you kind of think he's the problem, right? You kind of think he's going to be integral to the narrative. And then 20 minutes in, he's gone. And you've right. got a whole different situation that you got to deal with. So in those ways, I thought it was an interesting parallel to psycho um right yeah and and yeah like you said like there's something magic too that like when a filmmaker disorients you in a in the way that they're constructing the, the well at that point you're like you said you were sufficiently thrown off the scent right and right if a film can do that in the first 10 or 20 minutes then you give a certain amount of authority to the storyteller i think right i think at, at yeah. this point you're like you did that pretty well. Okay, let's see what else you got. Yeah, and it's funny because because it, it does because it's jarring in a couple of ways because you're you're in the investment that you make in trying to and again you didn't have this because you knew because uh, you were googling um, giant naked women uh, murderous <laughs> giant naked women. Yeah, I just happened and, to and come came, across it. Come across this movie. Um, this is I have no idea. Like I'm I'm not ready to let Keith go yet. So there's a part of me that's like, well, I just spent some time, not by virtue of the movie asking me to, but in a way it did, where I was, what's Keith's story? What's this all about? And then he's just wiped away. And I'm like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, what do I do with, I mean, what, I, I'm not, well, you got but wait. Rid of Keith and then you gave me AJ and AJ is significantly more weaselly than Keith. Was. Yeah. And it's like an AJ, unlike Keith, I'm like, I know way more about AJ like in a much shorter amount of time, which I think is an interesting decision too, right? I mean, like Keith is is intentionally kept somewhat mysterious uh-huh. um, for all the reasons that we, we discussed. And then when AJ comes on the scene, it's like they want you to, to know this guy. They want you to know him, his, this particular part of his backstory yeah. quickly, right? And it's and it was a... It was you're very, meeting him at like... You know, a particular moment in his life, but they're giving you all the details so that you can kind of imagine him in this position. You know, he just got a pilot. He, you know, he's it's his big break in Hollywood. So you're kind of like, okay, this could be like the best moment of his life, and in, it right. does. It feels that way. You know, he's he's got the top down. He's got the ocean view. He's got the music blaring. This is a guy who's sort of at the pinnacle of life, and then you realize. Pretty quickly, you know, within a minute or so, you realize, oh, this guy's an absolute dirtbag, and yeah. he deserves he deserves to be taken down, right? Right, right. And I think there's something 
pretty great about that, right? Because I think it it it's it takes you on a journey, and yeah. you don't because you and again you don't know what you, what's going to happen, and so the movie. I'm um, so then I'm like, oh, this movie is going to um maybe this movie is trying to make a Me Too commentary, but the other direction, right? Like maybe it's it's trying to talk about the uh the the false accusation, right? Um, but it, right. but it, and it's a but it undoes that because it's not a female director or writer, right? So it's like, right? Oh no, where what am I in for here? Because yeah, I think, yeah. So there's that kind of metal that meta level where it's like, is this guy gonna do this? Oh, is this is he gonna do this? Okay, like is he gonna pull right? This off? And I'm like, I'm all, I'm all. It's not that it's not a thing. It's just that it's it's the other side and you have to be real careful with it. Cause then this could become exploitive, you know? And, uh-huh. and, and then he definitely unravels it. And I like that. He's like, Oh, this guy, yeah, he did it. Like he's, he even he, admits it later on. Yeah. He In admits so many it. words. He absolutely admits it. Yeah. And so that becomes a moment where you're like, okay, well, but then you're like, well then, so why? Like, so they like, so then you, but now you're just, it, it, you're just, you're still in the process of like trying to, like I said, deconstruct a horror narrative as it happens. It's kind of natural, um, but it, it, they slow play certain things. They they, they quickly move on others, mm-hmm. and and then like so. Then when you see them in the um, you know measuring everything, I there is something about that that I think is is kind of cool. I like how much happened in the daytime too. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> and and I like I like the idea that he's measuring all this and you're like, well, this is insane. No one would do that. But like, there's a certain horror of, of just his lack of, of, of concern with his surroundings that, that also like, is this guy a dummy or is this guy maybe a problem? Right? He's, he's both. He's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So this is interesting to me because I think initially I thought when I found out that he was the owner of properties in Michigan, I thought, Oh, okay. I see, I see where this is going. Right. So, He's gonna he's gonna have some reason to have to go to the property in Michigan, and then he's gonna get his. And that kind of happens, but definitely not in the way that I thought it was gonna happen. They they really kind of lull you to sleep with the humor, mm-hmm. but they kind of get you hooked on just watching this buffoon be completely oblivious of his surroundings. To the point where when he ends up, you know, meeting <laughs> meeting the dude in the back room, at that point you're thinking, I don't know where this is going to go. I, I honestly have no idea where this is going to go next. Um, and then, of course, that brings me to the next question is that, is this a horror movie devoid of magic? Because the first time I watched it, I would have said, yeah, no, this is all kind of like just human depravity gone awry. But the second time I'm viewing this, I'm thinking, she has superhuman strength, right? Right, it seems like it, right? Yeah. She absolutely is like Wonder Woman down there. And yeah, at that I mean, point... And she, she can jump off and save her perceived child and <laughs> she can still have the, the energy to... She can rip the arm off of Andre and beat him with it. Right. With one arm, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so she's superhuman in this in this story, and that makes me think. Okay, I need to stop watching this as if it is like just a commentary on human depravity, and I need to watch it as like the mother in this movie is a metaphor for something else, right? 
She she's more literary than she is literal at this point. Right. And so then the question is, what does the mother represent? Yeah, that's a well. Do you have a theory? Or? I don't really know. I mean, there's a couple options that are kind of circling, and it's like this is sort of the result of the man's depravity. Like this is what happens. This is what happens when there you've got a depraved, unchecked man on the loose. The guy Andre, who also lives in the neighborhood, mm. he kind of says, you know, she's not even the worst thing down there. Right, and, right. You, you know, he he kind of tells us her origin story. She was born in that house, and this is what happens when you get a copy of a copy of a copy. You get that. You know, you get something monstrous. He doesn't say monstrous. But that's kind of what she is. So then, a part of me thinks because of her ultimate outcome you know because tess has to shoot her in the head at the end maybe she represents kind of the internalized misogyny that the older generation of women have Mm. i don't know what to do with her as a metaphor but i absolutely think she's a metaphor for something because she's the only thing in the story that isn't literal right right yeah and because uh, yeah because that's it's an interesting thing to wrestle with right like especially if you try to to you know and and you know like do i do my darndest to, uh, but i'll probably fall short to try to look at this through like a feminist lens right right um yeah. um but like you said like so this is like it there's a generational aspect to her right i mean the copy of a copy of a copy suggests like if we if we want to just look at the at the me too elements and look at the gender disparity that's already been probably some of the most explicit discussions were about that when i mean when tess tells keith like if the roles are reversed yeah this wouldn't, you know this would wouldn't have gone down this way um and that she wouldn't you know i mean if the roles are reversed he's not locking every door you know uh right, right, she's certainly locking every door so it's just different right and so um so there, it, i think there's a framework that's been laid out and then i think it's very key that this is a uh you know, this is a a mother figure who's gotten like her maternal instincts are what basically will keep anybody else alive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if those are interrupted, if, if, if she, if her maternal, if, if it's, if there's not a maternal uh, relationship, then it's worthless to her. In fact, it's probably uh, uh, threatening. So, uh, well, and one so way you, that you could read this is because we don't know what Keith, you know, we think he's a good guy, but there's absolutely a possibility that he's not a good guy. Right. Right. He could have been slow playing this whole thing. Yeah. One way to read this is the mother saves Tess from Keith. And, okay, so maybe his he doesn't have bad motives, but you could totally understand why this mother character would think that, right? Right. Her experience of men is that they do bad things. So she's saving her new baby from a would-be wolf in sheep's clothing. And then she absolutely saves her baby again at the end. So I think that you could read her as, in a weird way, she she's something of the hero of this story. Sure. Yeah. And if I, that's I, the case, I don't know if that's like a commentary on the older generation of women that need to be deconstructed. It's just that this is this is what it means to be a mother. You you have to be heroic uh, in, right. in a number of ways. Right. And also, but, it, and it could be another way to read it would be that the, uh, 
the generational uh patriarchal um uh, minimization of of women and into a role of uh, parenting and nurturing and this copy of a copy of a copy where you know like if you look at the man that's down there is just a is is just an old tired metaphor for the patriarchy um that over time women become less of people and more of just these mother creatures that might as well be horrific because it's so far away from what they were born to be or should have been but over time it just has gotten to the point where it's created this like i said copy of a copy of a copy it's we've, we've followed down generation after generation after generation of, of of misogyny and patriarchy so it's a it's a reductive horrific uh perspective and and so at the end when she kills the, the thing that saved her like there is maybe the sense of like a reset a uh look we've got to you know it starts now we're resetting this whole dynamic right and and so there's a possibility that like that maybe that's part of the um of what's being represented right and i, and I think you do see i think there's a, an interesting element where she's forcing him to to nurse and so now you've got what do you have you have you have the guy who has forced his body on somebody else mm -hmm. in a sexual way now you have this woman forcing her body on him in a in a nurturing way this is you know he's being forced two things one he's being forced to to do something he doesn't want to do which is something mm -hmm. that he's all too familiar with but he's also being forced to come into contact with the female form in a way that uh, he may not be wanting to I think you get rid of the may not in that sentence. <laughs> so, so, okay, so this is interesting in terms of the AJ character, you know, the guy who absolutely needs to be Me Too'd, right? So this guy mm -hmm. is justifiably being Me Too'd. And yet he, he's a, he kind of has to come face to face with someone who is also a predator, but he... That person is, you know, serial killer level predator, so he can kind of view himself heroically for at least a moment of the film, right? So he's like, I, well, I'm not that guy. I think that there's a commentary on the levels of male monstrosity. And then you have that again with the cops, right? The cops are like, mm -hmm. oh, geez, this, this woman who doesn't have her ID, she doesn't have... You know, she's clearly hysterical. Um, right. We can't take her seriously. So yeah, there, yeah, yeah. These cops are exhibiting a kind of misogyny in a different way, right? Again, not serial killers, right? Not, but but clearly right. they're a different kind of misogyny. And I think that if you go down like one more level from that, the Keith character is a little bit patronizing to her when he's saying, look, I, I just have to see it for myself. You're saying that we should leave the house. What you sound, you sound a little crazy to me. I'm going to go down there for 30 seconds. I'm going to see it with my own eyes just so I know what we're talking about here. Um, he's totally taking that tone with her. Yeah. So I well, think that there is and he something did, and about he, this. Even, even the chivalry of taking the couch and, you know, I'm not going to yeah. let a young woman. I mean, like, there's a lot of that. Like, it's... It's uh, that that is like kind of these, um, you know, I think we've become educated over the years, but those are some low key versions of, of misogyny that I think yeah, a yeah. lot of people have for the longest time thought that was we were raised that that's polite. Um, 
So yeah, but like I think he's so. not think... he's not truly sensitive to the fact that she, like if she's super nervous and and not uh-huh. like like doing all of those things for her is not going to make her less that way. It and but like that's the how how we as you know young men have been raised like oh well you know we, we're like we're to take care of of the women just by virtue of existing. <laughs> so. I th- I do think that there's something about this movie that you could you could say every male in this movie is is part of the monster, part right. of the true monster. I think on the surface you're like the mother character is literally a monster because she does magical things, right? She she flies through the air. She uh, you know she rips off arms. I I don't know how she gets that door open. Like initially that's would Tessa's first asleep in the in the Airbnb? Right, and then she realizes the door is open, and like it was well, the doors, the locked. door, the doors, the doors move, right? The doors open and close on their own. So that's where I would yeah. say that there's a, there's there's an element of magic which does seem a little a touch incongruous if you're trying to. I mean, clearly there's something beyond, right? But um, but there is there is some sort of a specter. There's some sort of uh, yeah, I think that uh, early on in that in the film, you get a few indications that you should recognize this as odd. Like if right. you if you had your antennas up, you would absolutely recognize this as an inhospitable place. That that door being opened at night, uh, at that point, you can't explain it, but you got to get out. Or right. the door closing, you don't ever go back in. That that's the kind of thing that you're like. There, there's at least there's at least a couple indications early in this movie that instinctually should tell you to get out of the house. Why isn't Tess following her instincts? Why does right, she repeatedly that, ignore her instincts? And and horror movies require that, right? Most of the time, it's and I think it's a super hard thing to do because horror movies exist as if horror movies don't exist. Sure, right? Like it, they, they create universes where nobody has ever like a lot of our fears. Well, people are just are, like me, and they're not watching horror movies, right? Exactly. I would absolutely get killed in an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like it's funny because like I mean. I've lived in the house that I lived in. I think now I think we're hit five years to access the heat, the furnace filters that we have to change periodically. I think it's annually. I have to open up a little piece of my floor in the living room and go down like three feet. Okay. Undo the furnace uh, opening, replace the filter and then put the thing. And every single time it's like, Nope, I'm not going down there. <laughs> I bet you It's three feet. Down. Like, I mean, no, she watches, but like it's like it's dirty. There's spider webs. It's dark, and uh, that's where horror lives, right? I mean, that's just where it is. That's its natural habitat. Yeah. So the idea that someone goes into a house they've never been to before, and they're gonna stay with somebody they've never met before, uh-huh. and at one point they wake up and the door is open and they know it was closed and the guy's having night terrors. Night, night. I'm gone. <laughs> gone you leave right there assuming i got as far as i got i'm gone i am not going i mean you know what i won't wipe if we're out of toilet paper and i gotta go down a weird basement to get it you know what i'm holding it i'm getting a bladder infection i don't care what the situation is right so then i go down there and then it's like oh look if i pull on this a secret door opens 
I mean, I, I did appreciate that she said nope, and then she like kind of does the reflection. I, uh-huh. I, I think there's so I, they definitely play with the like we all have that certain curiosity. The, right? It is and, a nod. It is a nod to horror, right? It, right. The, the idea of you know this clearly looks like there's bad stuff happening down here. That should be your initial reaction. Nope. Yeah. They're not into goes, that, but of course she goes. In. Yeah, and then she goes further and further. I, but here's the thing about this: I don't ever question her intelligence. I, I don't know. Did you? Did, were you thinking? Yeah, yeah a little bit, right? Dummy. And you're a big dummy. Yeah, and I mean, and then she does try to get out, right? She does try to to, to leave, and I, I mean, and, and so it's interesting too, though. Like she goes to the job interview, which I think is a fascinating thing. So she has to. So she leaves the place and sees that it's an absolute war zone. Well, and then she's told by the woman at the interview she's you like, don't you, be there you should not be in that neighborhood you so once again it's should not go back and here's 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 a female character helping her in, an, yep. in a sincere way and then she sort of blows it off and i well, think because that you see her looking at her phone she's got an image of keith and she's i think she's attracted she's attracted to him she's thinking he's back at that place i want to see him one more time I mean, her yeah. stuff is at the place. She's got to right. go back and get it. Which, go by the way, you it. don't do. Airbnb, you get your stuff in the morning. Right. But I guess she's she's also late to the interview. So that, I guess. Yeah, and, and he gave an indication that she was going to stay another night because they were, I think they were waiting for the whole thing. Like there may have been another uh-huh. part of the interview, uh, potentially, like, oh, meet, the, meet these people the next day. Right. Um, but. So there was just some, like, I get, like, they set everything up with there's a convention in town, so there's no other place to stay. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I find it, I, I find it a little hard. Like, I, I feel like it's, you could figure something out. And like I said, yeah, sleep and in the this car. is probably your experience with horror that true, comes true. into play, right? Where I, I don't necessarily have that, but is there a trope, a cliche, or a device that you liked in this movie? I love secret passageways. A secret door, a secret passageway. Yeah, I like the secret passageways. From uh, I mean, because there were there were some trope busting, right? Like we uh-huh. saw, but like I mean, it, with the with kind of like we were surprised what direction things were going to go and some of the timeline stuff. But um, but yeah, I am a bit of a a sucker for the secret passageway okay. and and the basement. Okay, yeah, right. I I, I get that. I like it when. You use an old timey song and repurpose it for horrific ends. Mm. Um, at the very end of this movie, it it ends with "Be My Little Baby," right, right. And it was a perfect ending for the the end of Mother or whatever. And uh, really creepy use of Bill Scarsar's eyes when he's in down in the tunnel, like he's he's like on a, all fours and he's climbing yeah. up. And his eyes are kind of wide set, and the way that the flashlight is on his eyes, you can't tell whether he's like, is he crazy? Is he crazy down here? Like, what's happening to him? Like, he was a normal yeah. guy just like 30 seconds ago. What did yeah, this he, guy and, and he see naturally, or experience that made him into a feral creature? Well, and he has like that natural thing he does with those eyes, and that's why he was yeah. so great in It, because his eyes are all over the place. So, um, All right, so... It sounded to me like maybe you didn't like this movie as much as others have. So- I think I think it it, def- it was one of those where I was I think my hope was to be more scared, uh-huh. and then um, and I and I wasn't. I thought it was I thought it was sufficiently thrilling, and I I found it enjoyable. Um, 
there were like i i think one of heather's big uh issues was she didn't need the exposition uh from andre uh-huh, uh-huh. uh like it felt like like she was like yeah did i get it you know and so i think that took her out of it for a little bit which was like we don't need the for those well, of you who okay, aren't. so early on, I had the, had the trouble with Andre early on because when he he was chasing after her, saying, "You come out of that house, right?" Right, right. Thinking, okay, how about tell her? How about <laughs> yeah? yeah. I was saying it. one more line. One more line might have helped. Like yeah, maybe a note. Uh, there's a giant naked woman in that house that might kill you. I just want a little bit more explanation from Andre would have helped. Well, interesting too, though. Um, as we as we explore all these characters, and especially the male characters, and how uh-huh. there were different layers of um, of sort of ingrained misogyny, uh-huh. what does he call her? Little girl, yeah, little girl, yeah, little girl. So it's like a diminishing, right? And he's chasing her. If you want to go further too, like I were talking about, um, like trying to really unravel this, you know, the men versus women in this in this story. Um, the female character that she runs into that's doing for this job interview, which is a very, is a woman in, in a really mm. uh, powerful position. And, and it seems really nice. And, and like, she's got all of her, all of her stuff together. She says, don't, she gives her a warning, a very apt warning. It says, mm-hmm. I know this area. Don't be in that area. And she kind of blows it off. Like, mm, I bet you I could figure it out better. Whereas there seems to be some, some sort of a, an attraction to a man that's sort of treating her sort of uh-huh. misogynistically. And, and there's, it's just interesting who, who she chooses to to hear from. And that is something that I know that I'm talking to uh, a lot of women is that, that sometimes they don't always have each other's back and they don't, they don't always trust them. So there's something interesting there too, that might be also laid out. Uh, whereas like that, where, where she's gets a warning from somebody who's clearly in the know, you know, and, and it would have been an easy thing to be like, okay, well, if you say so that, that I'll, I'll figure that out. So this one's a tricky <laughs> because it, I don't see Ron Howard making a movie anywhere in this ballpark, but right. is it better, worse, or on par with a Ron Howard movie? Yeah, I feel like it's almost a Ron Howard not applicable. Yeah, it's a Howard N.A. All right, yeah. so let's 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 change it. Let's do subpar horror movie, on par horror movie, or above average horror movie. Yeah, I mean, this feels like, I think I saw someone explain this as elevated horror. Okay, all right. Well, but what was your experience of it? Oh, I, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a, definitely, it's a higher for me. Um, I think it's all, I mean, I think it's, it's well-directed. I think it's well-acted. I think it's, um, I think the fact that I can kind of walk through and sort of work on some of the other layers of, of messaging mm-hmm. um and wrestle with it maybe have it it's not like it's inconclusive because it's too muddled i think it's inconclusive because i think that there's it's actually maybe a little more complexity right i think that you could go wrong you could go really wrong with like a a message movie right if you're trying right. to make a, a political statement with a horror movie you could, this could go really wrong it could be really you, absolutely you can do this in a ham-fisted way and I felt like there, it's pretty clear what it's trying to address. But I didn't feel hit over the head with it. Uh, I was sufficiently you know, scared. There were genuinely, genuine moments of humor in this movie. I, I think it's a horror plus three. That, that's my, my feeling with it. Okay. 
Yeah, I think that that uh, I could I could get on board with that. I mean, I, I'm gonna I definitely. Go yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say beyond that, beyond the raking system, this is this is my jam. This is the kind okay. of horror that I would really like to see more of. Um, it's not a slasher film. I don't really. I don't really want a slasher film. I don't necessarily need a a political statement in my film, but if you're going to do it, you have to do it subtly enough so that afterwards I want to have a conversation about it. I don't want to like roll my eyes and think about something else. Right. Right. Yeah. And I I mean, it's like, and it's gory, but I don't, I never felt uh, nauseated. It was, um, there was, there's a playful tone in the movie while still managing to be horrific and, and, and frightening. Um, and that's a, it's a, it, that's a tough balance to achieve. So after everything's said and done, does Tess leave an Airbnb review? <laughs> well, right. I mean, cause there's the, there's the person that is like the, the property manager. Uh-huh. And they're still trying to. I mean, clearly no one's going to believe her, but you feel like you almost have to leave a review. Right. Yeah, even if it's just like a two star. <laughs> Wine was a nice touch. <laughs> I don't normally leave bad reviews, however. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think the toilet paper could have been more accessible. I didn't, um, I didn't like that the doors opened and closed on their own. <laughs> the murder room, the murder room was not cleaned. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.